0: hello and welcome to the piece of cake podcast i am your host becca guy and i'm here to talk to you about all things anti-diet and self-development and how to heal our relationship with food exercise and ultimately ourselves i'm a former binge eater and fitness obsessive turned anti-diet coach who self-healed my own relationship with food and fitness and i hope that this podcast can help inspire you to start your own food freedom journey thank you so much for tuning in and i hope you enjoy the show Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of Piece of Cake Podcast. This is so exciting, so my name is Becca, and I want to explain in this episode the reasons setting up a piece of cake and to just tell you a little bit about my story and why I feel so passionately about this podcast and about helping people heal their relationship with food, with exercise and ultimately yourself. Because whether you have started this journey, you're just intrigued by it, um, maybe you're in the midst of it. Whatever it is, you'll be realizing that actually this journey is all about healing ourselves. And it's as though food and exercise being healed is kind of a byproduct. So, in this podcast, expect there to be a lot of chat about the anti diet approach, so ditching diets dismantling diet culture, um, all the issues surrounding that, how we find food freedom, but also a bunch of different topics regarding personal growth and development because these are all really important when it comes to healing ourselves and then therefore the relationship with food and exercise. Um, And to be quite frank, there's probably also gonna be a few topics chucked in there that I just particularly like to talk about. So hopefully you enjoy them as well. So I'll start with explaining my journey. The reason for this is because I want you to know where I've come from and hopefully you will be able to relate to this. I mean, not hopefully, I don't really want anyone to have to relate to this, but unfortunately I feel so many of us do. So this is why I think I'll, I'll share what's gone on with my life, how I found food, freedom and, and broken away from diet culture and everything that has changed for me in my life since doing this. So to really begin... Well, I have to go back to one fateful day in 1988 where I came emerging out of my mum's womb, although she probably said that it was a lot more traumatic because my heart rate, I think, dropped suddenly, so she had to be cut open and me pulled out into the world by forceps. So yeah, maybe that's had an effect on my mental health. Who knows? But skip forward a few years because it's kind of not the point of this but I was a child who always enjoyed food um I was known as the human dustbin you would always bring your food to me or I would finish plates because I just eat it all and as a child you know you don't really have any issues around food at this age you're very intuitive which is something we can totally go back to by the way but there I am enjoying food, um, and also I'm a, I'm a really active child. I really enjoy sports, um, and I always remember my mum telling me this story of I think I was about six, and I woke up one morning. I think our first sports day at school, and I woke up at like six a.m., opened the window, and just shouted to the neighbourhood, "Wake up, everybody! It's sports day!" Because obviously this was vital news that everybody needed to know, and they all came flying out the doors. <laughs> I think more than anything, it would just embarrass my mum, but. You know I was a kid that enjoyed food and I enjoyed fitness and this moved into my teens as well. However at this age you know it's something that you only really notice looking back but diet culture was creeping into everyday life. So this is something that you see from friends and family you know there would be family members who wouldn't be happy in their bodies, wouldn't be happy with their weight and they were trying to manipulate it. I was told about good and bad foods, foods that you restrict Um, and I think you know, potentially I engage in some disordered eating patterns, which unfortunately are so normalized in our worlds. And these are things like skipping meals. um, Yeah, so like eating less if you've eaten quite a bit the day before. Um, Potentially, I think I exercised more as well when I felt like I'd eaten more food. They're the kind of main things I remember doing. Um, And then just trying to eat good stuff when I've been eating bad stuff. So, but I, I, you know, don't really, went and I didn't go on any official diet during this period and it wasn't until my early 20s when that's when that came about. And I remember looking at myself when I was in um, a changing room, which, you know, are just the most awful mirrors, aren't they? If there's anything that's going to make you feel crap about yourself, it's looking one of them. And I remember looking at my body and feeling like I needed to lose weight um, and that I didn't look as attractive anymore because, you know, I think to be honest at that age like a lot of the time as we all are I just wanted to be more attractive to the opposite sex but the irony of all this is I then didn't allow myself to be in a relationship for about eight years which I'll go on to explain um but yeah so I started this official diet back in my early 20s and I did it in a way that a lot of people do which is we go into a calorie deficit based on an app MyFitnessPal thank you MyFitnessPal you were Genuine, I did series of pal at the time, but you were the bane of my life. However, I've learned a lot from you, so very grateful. But I went on this app which then tells you what you should be eating, which by the way, no one can tell you what your body needs. So I followed this. I did five days of a calorie deficit. I started to exercise again, and I had two days a week in which I would have a treat meal, which at the time I was vegetarian, and I I think I mainly had mash. Veggie sausages, and beans. Don't know why, but that was what I had. And then some form of dessert. So I lost weight um, over about kind of a seven to eight month period to where I really wanted to be in the beginning. But all of a sudden when I was there, I thought like, I am too skinny. I've lost my butt. And I was always proud of my butt. <laughs> so I wanted to build muscle. So I then start to increase my calories. I then start to go in a little bit for mini bulk, hire a personal trainer, start getting into strength. And So the journey began through all these different aesthetic goals, you know, hitting goal after goal after goal for a number of years. But actually, there was always another goal to reach. And I just didn't realise at the time that all this is because you believe, you're taught, grown up by diet culture, that losing weight is what actually brings you happiness. It makes you more attractive. It makes you more successful. It's everything that you should want to be. So naturally, the opposite of that, having any fat on your body um isn't what you want that's not going to get you what you want so i kept i kept on this uh little mission um but it actually started taking over my treat days ended up becoming binge days and i was getting really out of control of them um you know it would just be a case of i would eat incredibly quote unquote healthy on certain days which i would call my good days and then on a bad day would be eating all the foods that i would restrict so maybe that sounds familiar to people but that's how it felt and it felt very compulsive and it felt like I had to eat all that food in that day because I wouldn't then be allowed it until my next bad day which by the way I was trying to make never but seemed impossible so I kind of restricted it to about two days a week which was kind of an amount that I could control Um, but that got worse over the years and my relationship with food and exercise just became all-consuming. I knew that it was seeping into all other areas of my life. I remember going on holiday with my mum and sister and if I review listening, I'm very sorry for this and I know we've talked about it since, but I think we were walking around Budapest. We went on a little city trip around Budapest and both of them two just want to enjoy the culture, sit and enjoy like sitting in the cafe, taking it all in and you know, <laughs> I believe they were totally right on all this but at the time I knew that on this holiday I'd be eating all these bad foods so I needed to keep exercising so I wanted to walk everywhere and because I kind of was organizing it a little bit I was like all right cool so we're going to do this today this today we'll walk there we'll walk there it's not that far and you know it would be another five minutes but actually it was another half an hour um and it went on and on and on and they're both just so kind bless them that they put up with it but I let my fear of of gaining weight take over. And it really made me quite selfish. That's the way I kind of see it. And, you know, this became everything I would choose. I would want to choose where I ate with family and friends. I would freak out if anything spontaneous came along, such as an impromptu family visit or an impromptu meal organized. And it'd be like, oh, no, I've got to rearrange my whole food and fitness schedule to suit this in order to maintain my weight knowing that I would binge eat as well so I felt like I was always walking this fine line even though it didn't actually show up in my weight but I felt like all this exercise was what was managing my binge eating and one thing that I don't think I've ever really confessed was actually when my gran Omi she was German so we called her Omi she was um, ill in hospital she was dying and we got the call to say that it was um it was the end and I was at the gym at the time and I got the call from my mum and my sister and said they were heading there so I was like right I'll head there as well but the thought that went through my head was I- I've just done a load of intense exercise I'm going to lose my gains if I don't get some food in before going around to the hospital so I stopped at a supermarket and I remember buying boiled eggs and sitting in a car eating boiled eggs thinking that would be kind of the, the best thing to you know keep me going whilst I was going to the hospital and don't get me wrong I know there's a, there was avoidance involved in this as well but by the time I actually got to the hospital my sister was standing outside and she said that she had gone and even though I I really didn't want to sort of see her at the end and because I didn't want that to taint my memory of her it's still this was because of I wasn't there because of my fear of weight gain or not getting the gains that I should have got from the gym and that is so entirely messed up so yeah, it's hard to say, but I've said it. Um, I'm owning it. You've got to own these things in life. So going forward, it was still a few more years of really being stuck in diet culture. And I got to a place after going on a cycle tour, which I'll talk about a little bit in a little bit of time, um, that I my binge eating was getting really out of control, but the amount of exercise I was doing was reducing. And don't get me wrong, I was still exercising a lot, but just not as crazy intensely as I was before. Um, But I came across a podcast and a podcast, I think they were interviewing Laura Thomas because that's, I got her book so I'm presuming it was interviewing her and her book Just Eat It was what has really started my whole journey into intuitive eating and for anyone who doesn't really know, intuitive eating, which I'll talk about loads more as well, but intuitive eating is all about kind of developing this awareness of what's going on inside. So that's getting aware of our hunger and fullness, it's getting aware of our emotions, um, our food beliefs, our rules, dismantling it all, becoming comfortable with food, letting go of letting go of all these rules, letting go of these tools like fitness trackers, um, weighing food, weighing ourselves. And really, to me, it's a way that's, uncomplicating food. So I discovered intuitive eating but I then went to Scotland and worked there for a couple of months and I just sort of forgot about it. I'd I'd sort of started doing some of the practices within the book Um, and I really recommend the book by the way because that's just been so pivotal in my life. So I kind of lost it a little bit and then I came back home after working in Scotland for a couple of months and I just felt like at this point my my control over food was just not there and I could—I knew I was putting on a bit of weight. But at this point, I met my boyfriend, which, oh, I forgot to say as well, that the whole time of being on my binge restrict cycle and being stuck in diet culture for them eight years prior, I would not allow love into my life because I knew that that would have an effect on my food and fitness schedule because obviously it would. So, you know, you're inviting someone else into your life and it's beautiful. But I was so scared of putting on weight which is crazy isn't it the irony of starting it all because I wanted to be more attractive to then not allowing love in my life because I was so over consumed by it so I then started seeing Dave my boyfriend my still my boyfriend um and at that point, as you do in a relationship and having someone else in your life, you start going out for meals maybe a bit more, having a takeaway, and just fitting each other in around our schedule. So you're not really that bothered about cooking. It's more like, let's just get some food and spend some time together. And I felt like food was just getting so out of control. And I was again feeling really unhappy with my weight gain. So I decided to look at intuitive eating again because I genuinely was just so fed up at this point. I, I didn't care. I tried other things prior to this, which apparently helped binge eating, which don't by the way because you're not getting to the core of the problem such as if you feel the urge to binge have um, a tea or have an apple some sort of natural sweetener or do some breathing exercises but none of these things work Um, and so I thought let's give intuitive eating a try but just so everyone knows intuitive eating is an anti-diet approach but at that point I still wanted to lose weight I wanted to get in control of my binge eating so that I could lose weight so you don't have to be perfect starting this whole process you know it's there isn't any kind of prerequisite for starting but there i go i start and um straight away i allow myself to eat all foods and this is one of the the main principles of intuitive eating and ditching diets is to start to see all foods as equal allow yourself to eat all foods because when we let go of that restriction them foods don't actually have so much of a hold on us Um, and the reason for that is because we've taken them off a pedestal if you're only allowing yourself to eat foods on a treat day or a you know a cheat day as you might call them um, then you are making them more desirable and you're making them harder to resist at other points as well there's a bunch of other things involved but that's this kind of summary so the moment I started to allow myself to eat more foods or all foods should I say sorry I actually already stopped binge eating which was crazy because it's the first time in about eight years of my life that I didn't binge eat and I'm now over two years binge free which is incredible prior to that it was I'd have about two binges a week but at my worst it would be getting to like four or five so that was monumental and it was all just from basically letting go of control of my food which is just crazy isn't it so that was beautiful, but I still was wanting to maintain my weight. And I realized probably about seven months ago that I was still um, not in the healthiest relationship with exercise. I was still trying to make sure I exercised formally for five times a week, something that was intense or strength training related, because I was still stuck in this idea, because I did this for a number of years, that all this exercise would be able to maintain my weight. So I've worked a lot on that as well, which is why it's really important to look at both food and exercise when you're healing because our relationship with exercise can get so entangled in diet culture, all about burning calories, all about earning food. But I started to lean into choosing exercise, choosing movement that I actually enjoyed. And my variety of exercise I enjoy has just increased so much and it's amazing I'm just really really enjoying moving my body so that's been beautiful really it has and one of the absolutely most amazing parts of this whole process of this two years of well two plus years of intuitive eating has been that I am more relaxed I'm able to feel free in my life I'm able to go and enjoy a spontaneous meal out of a family have the takeaway without these fears of food or guilt or binge eating or putting on weight my relationship with my body is improving every day I'm leaning into body acceptance and neutrality and it's not perfect you know we still have bad body days but I'm learning how to be kind to myself and it's just been the most beautiful process so much change in my life I have love now which you know was something that I didn't allow in I kind of I liken my time through that period of being really stuck in diet culture as being on a roller coaster, but that the roller coaster was flat. What I mean by that is that there were no highs and lows, so it was safe. And that's what I was doing. I was managing my my food and my exercise to keep my weight maintained and be safe. But there were no highs and lows. So there were none of the beautiful moments of joy, of love, um, of happiness. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't unhappy, but you know i wasn't getting them real beautiful highs and yeah i wasn't getting the lows as well that can come from having all them beautiful emotions but life is more about having the roller coaster i believe and now that i feel like i'm on a beautiful roller coaster journey that has all the highs and lows and it's so much more thrilling and so much more freeing and in all honesty I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for starting this process towards food freedom and I know you might be thinking oh well Becca that's because um you have to go through this to then end up talk about it but it's more about the fact that I've built self self self-worth self-belief um I've built up my confidence I've built up so much to know that I actually have something that I can share and that I want to serve so Really, I hope you're getting that I really do love a good old food freedom situation. So yeah, I just, I really, really wanted to share that so you can see my reason for starting Piece of Cake podcast. So if you've got this far, I now want to just share five fun facts about me. I mean, the fun is debatable, but you know, I just thought let's just sum it up as a serious topic. So let's just sum it up with something a bit fun. So here are my five fun in inverted commas facts. The first one I touched upon it just before is that I did a cycle tour which lasted about 4 months and it was from the south of France um all the way up to the most north easterly point of the mainland of Scotland. So I think in total I did so good at monitoring my mileage in the beginning but god knows what it was in the end but I would say like about 3000 miles um and just did it all you know on the bike apart from the water cuz you know Bikes aren't great in water, so ferries were kind of needed. And I did my own version of Landsend to John of Groats along the way, which, for anybody who doesn't know, is um, a cycle route from the most southwesterly point of mainland UK in England up to the northeasterly point of Scotland. And I did my own version, which was beautiful. And this is where I really fell in love with the cycling and really fell in love with Scotland. And it's crazy because I live about 30 miles south of scotland but i'd only really been to the cities but going out there and exploring the people the islands the just the absolute diversity and the beauty of it has made me fall in love with it and i promised myself that i would live in scotland at some point in my life second fact is that i worked oh well i still do until the end of november oh, um, at the police dog section here in my local area for about on and off for 10 11 years of my life And so dogs feature very heavily in my life. I have studied two years of a degree in dog behavior as well, Um, which as an aside, because I did two years and didn't finish it, I've also done a different degree, which I did a year and a bit of and didn't finish, which was linguistics and phonetics. And I used to tell myself that I was somebody who didn't complete things. I was a quitter and that became part of my identity. So that's something I've had to untangle. So, you know, what you say about yourself, you have to be really careful because it can influence your beliefs. Um, So yeah, I volunteered with dogs around the world. I worked with these police dogs. It's also where I met my um, boyfriend and also where I got my first beautiful dog, who's Bomber, the retired police dog. Sometimes he shows up on my social media. He does quite like to be there. So yeah, that's been really, really beautiful and something that's kind of defined um, the last decade of my life. Thirdly I am a big believer in spirituality and manifestation as well. These are some things that I will talk about I'm sure through the podcast and yeah I, I just feel really strongly about the law of attraction and so many things have happened that it just I fully believe it. Fourth although this really should be the fifth thing which is the point I can't seem to say fifth that's me trying to say it fifth but I want to say fifth all the time and it wasn't until more recently that Dave pointed this out to me and I've now felt really embarrassed about the fact that I say fifth all the time, and Yeah, I'm working on it, but it's really difficult because to me it's fifth. So the fifth thing that I wanna talk about is that I'm a really good catcher. That's not to be confused with a really good catch, although I'm sure Dave will tell you that I am, but I'm really good at catching things in my mouth. That's not what you think. What I'm talking about here is things like grapes, Skittles, whatever. I'm also good at catching things in my hands, but I feel like my forte is catching things in my mouth. So, you know, that's something that I enjoy and i think it really connects me back to my animal instincts so there we have it this is the first episode of the piece of cake podcast thank you so much for listening i feel really honored that you're here if you have any questions or just want to reach out or leave a review please do so you can come and find me on social media if there's anything you want to ask just send me a dm i'll put this in the show notes but my handle is becca guy underscore wellness um so yeah thank you very much and i will be releasing podcasts every week so hopefully see you there Bye-bye. Hey everybody, before you go, would you like a free guide on how to kickstart your own food freedom journey? This includes the ultimate journal practice to get started alongside 10 action steps that you can take right now, plus how to start your own intuitive eating journal. If so, check out the link in the show notes below to get this sent straight to your inbox. Thank you so much again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode and feel free to leave a review or come find me on Instagram and send me a DM if you have any questions or comments or anything you would like to be discussed on the show. I hope you have a great day and see you next week.